Let me introduce you. Let me introduce you. Welcome back to Let Me Introduce You. I am one of your hosts, Graham, here with Katie. Hi, I'm Katie. Ashley. Hey, y'all. Oh, I should say and Ashley, but whatever. Here we are. We are a film <laughs> and friends podcast. Three dear friends for a long time. Uh, so much in common, except our taste in movies. And this week, we are carrying on with our theme of Boston University alumni. Yay! Uh, last week we did Faye Dunaway. We did her dirty. <laughs> Faye Dunaway. She did it to herself. And really. Mommy Dearest. And this week is Gina Davis. Queen oh, Gina, Gina Davis. And we're going to talk about the long kiss goodnight. But y'all, just uh, for our listeners, we are recording so early today. Yes. Okay, can we just be like, it's maybe early for LA, but it is noon in Minneapolis. Well, 10 o'clock here. I've been up for three hours. (laughs) It's hard to function this early in the morning when you're trying to be funny and smart at the same time. I cannot do that. I love how anybody who's listening to our pod who has kids is probably like, fuck you. I know. (laughs) 6 a.m. We're recording early. Keeping children alive. (laughs) I have a child. Um, (laughs) She's very... We are recording early because it's Folsom weekend and the ladies let me record early so I can go make out with boys. Yay! <laughs> yeah, and wear leather. With, we'll just, it's 55 degrees here today, so maybe just the, the, the leather cap that I have on today. You have to stay warm somehow. I do. Yeah. By making um, out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, you know. Rubbing of bodies. Friction exactly. creates heat. Thank you. I, I'm really sure my family loves hearing this. That listen <laughs> to the podcast. Everybody's different. Uh, all right? consenting adults, obviously, that I engage with. So, Gina Davis, uh, when we when I recommended this, I said last time, um, I said, we're doing a BU alumni theme and I'm doing Gina Davis. Sorry. Rude. <laughs> Katie was pissed. I love she Gina was. Davis. She's she so was. beautiful and awesome and, and perfect. I'll go through her bio really quick. Not only is she a talented actress, but she's done so much for the industry. But she was born... Virginia Elizabeth Davis in Wareham, Massachusetts, and graduated from the College of Fine Arts at BU in 1979. And uh, she started working as a model and then was first cast in the fantastic Tootsie, Cindy Pollock's Tootsie. Have we seen that? I love Tootsie so much. So good. So good. We watched that all. Ashley, you need to. Actually, Isn't that okay, weird? That's, that's, it's Dustin Hoffman, need, right? That's when you need to see. Yes. yes. That Dustin one is Hoffman perfection and, and funny and great. Yes. I feel like Terry I've seen snippets, Gar. but yeah, yeah, I need to watch Terry it. Gar's but perfect. guys, this means we could put it on the list. We could, which we that actually greatly excites me. It's a really good movie. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> but she's done so much. I mean, she's been in so many phenomenal films. I mean, you know, The Fly, Beetlejuice. She won an Oscar for The Accidental Tourist. She was in this great underseen gem called Quick Change with Bill Murray and Andy, yes. Andy Quaid. Yes, you've seen it, Katie. Awesome. I've seen that. Obviously, like, I also haven't seen The Fly. Isn't that embarrassing? <laughs> Fly is so good. That's another Fly is one. great. Um, League of Their Own. Oh my God, I love Thelma and Louise and, and just so many wonderful things. I, you forgot I, Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh, I, oh my God, yeah. That's a good, I actually it's haven't seen the that. costuming it's so about. fun. Earth Girls Are Easy is so, so fun. And she's fun. in that with her ex-husband, Jeff Goldblum, right? Yes. Okay, yes, great, because they were in a couple things together, and including Jim The Carrey's Fly. And Jim in that movie too. Yeah. How did I not know that she and Jeff Goldblum were married? Well, now you know, girl. 
now you oh know. God. Um, but she's also done a lot for women in the industry. She created the Gina Davis Institute on Gender and Media. She launched that in 2007. And just some information, it's, the Institute is focused on working collaboratively with the entertainment industry to increase the presence of female characters in media aimed at children nice. and to reduce yeah. the stereotypes of females in the male-dominated industry. Oh, so she's so been doing Gina. this for so long. She actually won um, one of these special Academy Awards for G- the Gene Herschel Humanitarian Award for this oh. in 2019. And I, in her speech, she's like, all you have to do is take your script and any of these side characters, just make them female. Like just increase the presence. It's that easy. And she's yeah. like, and also hire me. I would like to continue working. <laughs> um, but she's, she's amazing. She's also a member of Mensa. And do y'all remember back in 99, she tried out to be a part of the U.S. archery team for the Olympics? Do you remember this? Yes. Don't remember this. She almost made it and she only took it up two years prior to that. So uh, Gina, there's nothing she can't do. She's nothing she can't do. And what's great about the film we're talking about this week is that it is a female action vehicle. And that was one of her big things. Like, I want to be an action star. And show that women can can take on these roles. And so when the script for this was initially written by Shane Black, who did Lethal Weapon 2, um, he did, what else did he do? Um, he kiss Bang Bang. This Kiss yeah. Bang Bang. He directed the, the Nice Guys and Iron Man 3. Um, he actually sold the screenplay for $4 million, which is huge. I was reading about that. I was reading about how like that was the most a screenplay had ever been sold for up to that point. Yeah. And then it caused like some ripples in the industry. And he voluntarily retired for like almost yeah. a decade after that because people were so upset. Yeah. I mean, retire. Okay. $4 million payday. Hello. I mean, yeah. I'm like, you don't have to do anything for like yeah. a decade anyway. Invest that shit. And right. <laughs> so with the long kiss, good night, the studio was thinking, oh, we need to, to cast a man in this to kind of sell tickets and there was talks about Sylvester Stallone being part of it and Steven Seagal because at at that time he was in profitable films they kept it as a (laughs) woman profitable that's that's the key point still in films yeah just not profitable still profitable but with when Gina came on board with her direct the husband at the time Rennie Harland um, they had just come off one of the biggest disasters box office wise of all time. I think Guinness world record holder for a long time was Cutthroat Island, this pirate saga that I saw in theaters, which (laughs) (laughs) at a young age, I was like, there's something about Gina that I really, really like. Is it her beautiful bone structure? I think it's, and just like her, she's just a powerful presence on screen. Um, And I knew that like, she was just a badass. So that was a huge bomb. So, so number was wise there. It was made for like $98 million and it made 10. Oof. So the long kiss good night came out just 10 months later. Okay. And there was this concern about how it was going to perform and new line cinema produced this film. And they Yay! were thinking, yes, I'll love new, new line. line. And new line was really an indie uh, film house for a long time. And they were trying to get into these big, bigger budgeted, action films and that year they had the island of dr moreau and last man standing which bombed horrifically surprising surprisingly um and then this came out and and it it did not perform well 
on a budget of about $65 million. It opened with $9 million and ending up with about $33.4 million, um, opening the same weekend as something like the called the Ghost in the Darkness with Val Kilmer and, and Michael Douglas. And, and it was still around the time that the First Wives Club was like killing it. At, God, at, First Wives Club. Yeah, so, so it kind of just was like, oh, it's another movie by those people that made that really like big budget disaster. Like what is it worth even checking out? So unfortunately, when it came out, it didn't make a lot of money. And but I think over the years, it has has gained a lot of um, cult status. Um, But I'm curious, well, before we hear your thoughts on the film, Katie has the the honor of doing our our synopsis this time. Synopsisizing. Synopsisizing. So Katie, um, tell us about tell us about The Long Kiss Goodnight. Yes. Okay. so. The Long Kiss Goodnight, uh, it opens with a person writing something over and over. It's like flashed with negative images of a woman and it's all like very mysterious and James Bond and stalker-like. Um, and uh, you realize, you know, this person is is writing the same name over and over again. Although I can't really remember what the name is and like a lot of clues in this movie that lead to nowhere interesting, uh, it doesn't really matter. Um, okay can you hold your thoughts until the end no i did not agree to that i'd agree to I did, <laughs> yes I, I this is gonna be a contentious editorial. okay i'm already mad at you <laughs> all right so this this my synopsis is probably more negative than i actually mean but you'll see get it do it uh because those are more fun um so anyway so then we cut to the most adorable christmas neighborhood during their holiday parade uh which apparently uh is a parade they have twice a year for some reason um because it's in the end scene as well and no night? katie it's a totally different place at the end yeah, well, did you two pick parades. that up there's two christmas parades shut up okay so katie obviously <laughs> didn't pay enough attention so her opinion of this movie is not no I katie, is this your me version i think you're actually no i got it i got she it she thought she it. made such a good point i'm like actually no <laughs> uh, i did i actually made that joke when i was watching it last night and i was like oh shit um so we have a gorgeous Gina Davis playing Mrs. Claus, which is one of Samantha Kane's many identities in this film. Uh, Samantha has no memory of who she was or where she came from. All she knows is that eight years ago, she woke up in New Jersey alone and pregnant on a beach, which I'm going to cue a dumb New Jersey joke here. Um, at a Christmas party. What's the joke? I'm not going to actually do it. Oh. I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> Come on, you're them. the one who's primed for all the good Jersey jokes because you know so, what hurts. I mean, I'm sure she's not the last you person to wake up without a memory and alone and pregnant on a beach in New Jersey. Oh. Kitty, oh, don't make fun of people's trauma. <laughs> don't make fun of New Jersey people. Um, no, I mean, like, still. Honey, it's make too fun easy. On a Jersey. I know. I know. Grammy, uh, what are you drinking there? Katie, what, do you, what is Graham drinking? I don't know. I'm not going to say. You think it's what? It's tea. It's coffee. It's coffee. (laughs) Coffee. Okay. 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 So (laughs) at a a Christmas party, she's hosting with her charming boyfriend, Hal, and adorable daughter, Caitlin. Sam drives a drunk party guest home and winds up hitting a deer in a brutal accident, landing her in the hospital. Uh, Meanwhile, we are also introduced to Detective Mitch Hennessy, played by a lovely Samuel L. Jackson, Mm -hmm. who is one in a long line of detectives Sam has hired to help uncover her identity. He's hit a break in the case and found some clues as to who Sam was and where she lived, but on his way to tell her after she returned home from the hospital, he doesn't know that Sam and her family are being attacked by a one-eyed man 
who recently escaped from prison after seeing Sam as Mrs. Claus in the Christmas parade, a man who knows who she used to be. So Sam's muscle memory starts to kick in and she saves her family and kills this one-eyed man with a pie plate. Uh, she then leaves with Mitch to follow the trail to her former life. From there, the movie devolves into a bit of your general spy action thriller CIA terrorist plot film. And we meet Charlie, the woman Sam used to be, a blonde, black eyeshadowed, silver nail polished, no nonsense CIA operative black bag killer who wiped her own memory to save herself from Daedalus, which is some rando bad guys, including 13th floor hottie Craig Birko. Also a BU mm-hmm. alum. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yes. yes. Well, he, he transferred, but he did go to BU for a bit. Whatever, he was there. He counts. Uh, so he also winds up being Charlie's baby daddy because obviously. Um, so he's, he's delicious. I would have yes, he him. is. Yeah, same. Uh, so who you know who now we learned that eight years later, Daedalus uh, are in cahoots with the CIA to stage a fake terrorist attack and get more money from Congress. An idea rooted in the 1993 World Trade Center bombings. I wonder if that will become culturally relevant later. Um, we get a lot of explosions. We get a lot of blood, a lot of gunshots, and Tar- Charlie turns out to be kind of a selfish, crass biatch, uh, making it harder to root for her survival, but whatever, she and Mitch fight again, blow up the CIA's shady plans, both literally and figuratively, and save the day. She then leaves the country and sets up a new life with her boyfriend and daughter, now both terrified that they live with a trained killer who could snap at any moment and leave them both for dead the end. Katie. Anything that was not true. Car- no, yes, yes, no, you did. Uh, except, uh, the Christmas, uh, the- except the Christmas parade handing in two days. And they don't leave the country and they look They're pretty happy. Country. They look pretty happy in their identity. No, he doesn't. Side. The boyfriend is like, ah, oh, you just you just did this thing and what did she Katie, do? She no. something? He was like she both freaked out and amused. Like, you know, was oh, that's on. funny to others. I was turned on. Okay, well, I'm going to tell my thoughts about this movie first. Please, go ahead. I think this movie's <laughs> badass. I fucking love this movie. I think it's so fun. I think the script is really great. Um, I think of a lot of callbacks in the film totally work out. So I love her in this movie. It's a very fun side of her. Very meek and quiet in the beginning. And then as she's finding out who she was, in that past life, totally becoming a, a absolutely different character, which shows, I think, her great range okay. as an actress. Um, and Katie, yes, there are elements of her performance when she is a total, like when she's back to being the the assassin for the U.S., where she's like, I don't care about that kid. It doesn't matter to me. And mm-hmm. then she really, at the end, sees the value in having a child and caring after her, which is the last 15 minutes of the movie where she's clearly panicked about making sure her daughter is safe, which I think you didn't pay enough attention to. <laughs> I should have, because then she starts calling the daughter Katie. And I was like, oh, that's what makes it makes you care about her is you started calling her Katie, like all Katie's. Okay, so I think it's great. I think there's a lot of action sequences in, in this that kick ass. The scene with her and Daedalus, David Morse, mm-hmm. um, where she's basically being water tortured, um, where she figures out like her memory comes back um, and then she steals the the gun from the guy who's drowned. Brian Cox's, Brian Cox's Willie. Brian Cox's Cox. And comes <laughs> out of the water and just shoots him dead. I thought that was awesome. And the ending with the explosion on the bridge, before that happens, she like 
cuts a rope on some Christmas lights and the rope pulls her up and she grabs a gun from a burning dead body and shoots Craig Bierko dead. Awesome. So that was pretty badass. I, I, I definitely am part of the group that thinks this is an underrated gem and, and love it. So let's hear Ashley first. I mean, it did get 70% on Rotten Tomatoes and it is a 6.8 on IMDb, which to me was a bit shocking. Um, I'm sorry, Graham. I I think you guys are wrong. It's fine. (laughs) I mean, say anything yet. Was it delightful and fun to watch and a bit absurd? Of course. It was fun. It was a romp, right? It was an action romp. Um, I watched it with Bob. And he was editorializing the whole time and he hated it. To the point where like, see why was, people would hate that. Why? What did he He not was like, like apologizing. He's like, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be influencing you or whatever else. I go, it's fine. Um, because okay, let's be honest. Some of the lines are really cheesy. Example. Mm-hmm. Let me see. I'm, I'm asking to you guys to notes. back it up with evidence. <laughs> um you know what's so terrible is like there were times when I would be like that line's ridiculous and then I wouldn't even write it down although um some of my favorite lines from Bob throughout the movie was like even if this was a Steven Seagal movie it's absurd (laughs) and then I was looking up the trivia where like they had considered him um (laughs) I did totally call the postcard thing I was like "Ooh, is that code um but I like that in movies I'll be honest like yes I like films that really make me think and surprise me but I also do like films that have a lot of callbacks right like I like when you are intentionally including something and it's tied later mm-hmm. and I know some people are like oh it's so obvious and it's like yeah but you have 90 to 120 minutes to tell a story why would you include shit that's superfluous it's like um in the psycho remake when Julianne Moore also a BU alum goes hold on let me go get my Walkman like, what was the fucking point of that line? To place it in 1996 or whatever? And be like, Walkmans are a thing. Like, I don't know. Um, I will say one of my favorite lines that was actually really good came from the beginning from um, Hal, the boyfriend. I believe it was from Hal. Oh, is boyfriend. it his toast? Because I like yes. his toast. I loved his toast. It was so great. He said, may the best of your past be the worst of your future. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I really, really tugged at the heartstrings. Hal, AKA the other Dr. Dad from Everwood, which is how <laughs> I know him. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, but they're just like, some of it was, some of it felt gratuitive or excessive to the point of like a little, a little slapsticky, like not quite slapstick, but just a little too much but it also made it fun to watch i mean you know? y'all like, this isn't supposed to be a work of art this is just a fun <laughs> movie to turn on like you may have i feel like you guys may have read a little bit too hard into no, no no well i want to ask you. <laughs> yes yeah i don't know um okay i just gotta tell you two more of bob's lines uh because i think they're so funny at one point bob said you gotta tell Graham he owes me two hours of my life back. <laughs> okay, so Bob oh. likes Halloween three, so he can take <laughs> so that opinion so. and like go fly oh, a kite. Yeah. That's what he can do with that. <laughs> and then the other one, just because I love the last word that he used, he goes, "This guy got paid four million dollars to write this schlock." And I was like, <laughs> "Who's that schlock?" Well, all three of you are wrong. All three. You know what of I you. did enjoy. 
Um, of course, there was some CGI throughout this, but there were a lot of practical special. What, is that what it is? Practical special effects yeah. when we're talking about explosions. And I was like, more real explosions. And it just made me want to go watch some Michael Bay movies for for the things that get blown up. Not because, <laughs> you know, Michael Bay or whatever. Yeah. I do just get disappointed when things are so CGI'd now. And I get it. Like it's safer. And I don't want anyone in the film industry to be risking their life, but you can also feel the real danger and it yeah. just heightens it for me mm-hmm. in the film. Um, but there were some points when Gina was like, yes, Gina, you are a badass. Like she was kind of sexy when she was getting waterboarded. If you can be <laughs> allowed to say waterboarded. <laughs> Um, I liked when she turned into a badass, like, yes, her range, like she has that wide range. So she switched between that character. I think at some points I could like notice she was acting when she was playing Charlie. Um, but to have that nuance of being between Sam and Charlie and seeing those little pieces, like it's just little things in her face that came up. Um, there were some shots where I was like, Ooh, I really like that. Like when they're lighting the cigarettes and they're doing like an extreme close up and really seeing that, or like when Samuel L. Jackson is making his vodka and tonic, yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh, I really, there's a lot of, I actually really enjoy that. Yeah. But then there were some weird shots where like, there was one with Craig Bierko that was clearly using a fisheye lens. And I was like, it's too, it just took me out of it. And I didn't understand the artistic choice. Um, and I just, Bob mentioned this. He's like, I feel like there's maybe too much slow-mo. Like, I don't understand the intentionality always behind it. But dude, when Gina's going up the Christmas lights and shooting, and then she's coming back down, popping all the lights, that was bad That ass. is bad ass. I was like, yes, Gina Davis. I believe you as that an action great, star. great, great yeah. sequence. Yeah. More Gina Davis action vehicles, please. Because she Well, this is ass. what ended it, yeah. All right, Katie. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't hate it. I did not hate it. There's other movies we've seen that I just like quite a lot more than this one. Meow. I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Name names. (laughs) They're usually Uh, ones that I pick. (laughs) I thought the first half of this movie was delightful. I loved seeing like, you know, Gina Davis in that like Christmas mom role. It almost felt like if you were to take a Hallmark Christmas movie and turn it into an action film. Um, I liked, you know, I liked the mystery. I liked the camera work. I liked the visual, like all of it. I was like, yes, I like the jokes. Um, I was like, I, it's funny because I'm watching this and then I'm like, you know, I know Shane Black is, is known for his like pithy dialogue. Um, and I was like, I wonder if like Joss Whedon got like, you know, hints from this because he's got that like quippiness that, that it seems like Samuel Jackson's line. Everybody knows when you make an assumption you make an ass out of you and umption. I was like, that was perfect. Samuel Jackson um, was a goddamn delight throughout this whole movie. He was whole so film. fantastic in this whole movie. He has yeah. my favorite line in the movie is, are you going to say it, Katie? No, go ahead. Is when it's like they're, they're at where Daedalus is and Brian Cox is like, he's like, I, the reason I found you is because I found this piece of paper and it has the address and what looks like a picture of a penis. He goes, <laughs> he goes, that's a duck, not a dick. <laughs> I did like that line too. Like those there, lines. There were some of those really good lines, like towards the end when Craig Birko is like on the walkie and they're driving him somewhere and somebody's radioing in like, oh, it's really bad. I think I'm dying, boss. And he goes, continue dying yeah. out. I was like, <laughs> that's 
really stupid. I like it. Or with the first time we meet Brian Cox's character and his mom is sitting next to him with the dog and the dog is like licking its butt. He goes, that dog has been licking its butt for three hours. Like, and it's like, yeah. Whatever's as, in there is already gone or it's decided like, to stay. It's like nothing to do with anything. We never see that mom again, but it's just a great line. Yeah, like I liked, I liked the first half. I thought the conceit was really fun. I liked you know, the, the feel and the look of everything. But in the second half, when, when, you know, you start to get the answers to a lot of the questions that they had proposed in the first half, they were just not very satisfying answers. Like, you know, the, the CIA plot to, to get more congressmen, I'm like, eh, I'm like who the dad was. I'm like, eh, like telegraph. Yes, yeah. Sir. what they, they telegraph her, like, like, uh, Charlie's identity. You already kind of know who she was very early on. Um, I do have to say that like the scene where she's in the hospital and she's getting that like first flashback between her and Charlie in a mirror and some like spacey yeah. like thing that felt very Hellraiser 2 to me. And so yeah. it looked almost exactly like a few scenes from Hellraiser 2. And I was like, okay, I dig this. Um, and when she's like, I she's didn't like, like that. I felt like um, it took it out of. The oh, it was style really weird. Film. Yeah. Oh no, it was super strange and odd. But I was like, oh, cool. Okay. But I did like the line. She goes, "I'm Charlie, and you're gonna love me." <laughs> I was like, Ooh. Yeah. So I'm like, I enjoyed it. I like seeing you know female action heroes are are few and far between. There are a couple of great ones, but I thought Gina Davis did a good job of it. Not the best, um, but yeah, just like. I, I love the explosions. I did not mind the CG at the end. I, I thought it looked cool. It was just that the answers weren't gratifying to me. Uh, they, the, the rest of the second half of the story was not a satisfying story to me. It was just kind of like, oh, it becomes more boring. Like the first half was awesome. The second half, I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's, that's it. Okay. These are all valid critiques. Um, Thank you. I mean, I mean, again, I don't think this is like a brilliant movie. Oh, I But I do think especially when you're talking about like who Gina Davis is, especially now how she's like really fighting for a greater presence of women in cinema. Like this was like her try kind of the, this and Cutthroat Island were her attempts to be like cast women in these types of roles. Um, the only, th I guess what, to your point about Samantha and then Charlie, like I kind of, I did kind of miss Samantha yeah. When she became Charlie, because it is, they are two wildly different characters. Mm -hmm. um, and then that mold at the end of them was, was, was pretty good. To talk more about like female action stars, this is so sad. I can't really pinpoint that many. I could think of Sigourney Weaver. Um, and, and, but like, what else? Like, to be Angelina honest. Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie, Tomb Raider. Yeah. Yeah. Assault. And Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Linda Hamilton. Yep. Is a big, oh, is a big yep. one uh who else but like these are not recent movies no no yeah i mean charlie's theron in in yeah uh, Mad yeah Max, yeah I guess. yeah mila jovich but again her you know resident hers are a little movies. schlocky yeah but they, she's still they're still getting made that's true mm -hmm. that's true and they're fun those are fun to watch too. but like we've all just named all white women yeah yes. so it's it's hard. Melissa to McCarthy is sort of becoming a like comedy action star. Um, well, Spy is one of the best fucking movies that has ever been made. Yeah. You've seen Spy. Uh -uh. Yes. <sighs> I watch a lot and I don't always remember everything. So which one is that? She's a spy. No, I, I'm <laughs> a more dumbass. 
because <laughs> I'm like trying to think. I'm like, you've got Pam Greer. Um, yes. But like, I'm trying to think of like women of color who are action heroes. Uh, aside from, you know, like. Like know. in the mainstream. Yeah. 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 You know what we haven't mentioned? We haven't mentioned any of the like amazing Asian action films. Mm-hmm. I know, and of course, the thinking. first one that comes to mind, and it's over 20 years old, is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Mm-hmm. But Michelle Yee was in a ton of really great action. I think it's Michelle Yeoh. Is it Michelle Yeoh? Yeah. Yeah. And she's also in Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. But I mean, you got like Lucy Liu in, Killing, in, in Kill Bill, but um, yeah. It's true. Lucy I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, you then- think. That, Charlie's Angels sort of I mean you think there is a market and and we're not seeing a ton of representation in action films I think um of women and and you know what's so frustrating is like so there were two bad movies right and even in some of the IMDb they talked about how because Cutthroat Island didn't do well then that impacted like the advertising and everything else and it's like any time we like the industry tries to go outside of the status quo of like straight white male characters Mm -hmm. you get one chance to do it and then if it doesn't work it's like oh well now we can never do that and like that's true for so many things it's like you know what fuck you because you probably didn't put enough resources into it like thinking about um like stuff for scarlett johansson and how like her films in which is that dc or marvel it's marvel Thank you. Like, I am vaguely reading about certain things about like how, you know, they're not as successful as they could have been. Right. Or Brie Larson um, as Captain Marvel. And okay, so first of all, Captain Marvel and Black Widow, both those movies both sucked. But um, they also like, but they did make a ton of money. They did. They did. They made a ton of money. But like, who is going in there and making these decisions so they aren't good? They clearly know how to make those films. They clearly know how to make like comic action films. Why are the same resources, whatever, et cetera? Like, why is that formula not working? And it can't just be that like, oh, it's a female lead, right? Like what are the other pieces that are missing that are not making this successful? Other than like fighting against the societal, like, oh, women can't do this. Well, those yeah, are the it's... things that always bug me because I'm like, especially like with the Black Widow movie or something where you're like, you have good, well, Black Widow's got a really crappy comic origin, but uh, there's like, there's good source material. Um, I don't know. And I'm, I'm, I don't know what's like not translating to the screen um, in terms of story and writing and stuff. But I mean, like, you know, there's a lot of bad action movies starring men too. I mean, totally. And, and yeah, so to sure. your point, Ashley, about a lot of pressure, thing. a lot of pressure being placed on one, I'm thinking about why, why everyone wanted Love, Simon to be the best movie of all time about gay people and why Crazy Rich Asians had so much pressure on it to do well. It's yeah. like- Which was also well, fucking fantastic. I love that movie. <laughs> so I haven't good. seen it yet. Oh my God. Oh, watch it. It's so good. I want to. I want to watch it though. So good. We're going to put it on. I, we're going to put it on the list. Yeah. I really want to watch it. But yeah, it's, 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 tough to i mean obviously i i I can't believe i didn't even think about marvel and dc when we were listing off of 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 female superhero but like i guess like superhero versus action is like a little different for me um a little different yeah the crowbar separation yeah yeah but i don't know i wish i mean maybe maybe they are and they just haven't been like like advertised as much and we just they're getting lost in the fray i think Mm. 
Yeah. And that's the thing too. Like, again, it is a system wide issue about like, what is the marketing budget and who is helming it and who is really understanding here is what society or the market is used to. So how do we penetrate that and make this successful? Right? Like, are they just applying same old formulas, but like, it's not, it's not the same entry point. So you have to finesse it differently. And then it makes me mad. Cause they're like, Oh, well, if it was a female helm film, like, Oh, well then like women can't direct and women can't write, you know what I mean? Like it's, there's always just these blanket statements and yet men get to create all these things and they get to be so shit. And like, I know I'm just looking at gender right now, but like this goes across like race and sexual orientation and like every sort of marker. It's again, it's like, if you don't do great on this one thing, well, fuck you. We're never investing in it again because the industry is so, so much more in the last 20 years driven by capitalism and like, well, if it doesn't make any money, then why are we making it? You're making shit because it's fucking art, man. And you make the big blockbusters so you can make other smaller pictures and like things to do interesting stuff to try shit out. And nobody wants to do that anymore because they just, they just want money. Yeah, fucking John Waters doesn't make films anymore because he can't get funding. You know, I'm just bored. I'm bored with what's out there. (laughs) It's just more of the same. And there are so many remakes lately. Like, I have started watching like spooky movies, right? Um, And I was on Prime um, getting ready to watch Jennifer's Body again. And there was a fucking trailer for the I Know What You Did Last Summer TV series. I'm like, do it. There are so many fucking original stories. I I don't need to to have that. That didn't even know that existed. Yeah, Yeah, I I love the originals. And I'm like, no. Mm -mm." I'm literally watching I Know What You Did Last Summer right now. (laughs) Like the show? No, 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 the movie. I started okay. watching it and then paused it so we could that. record. Did you see I Still Know What You Did Last Summer? Of course, yes. Probably. And then it makes me want to watch Brandy. Scream, right? Of course. And then all the Scream movies. Most of them. <laughs> but again, they're making, <laughs> that's coming terrible, out again. They're yes. coming out with another Scream, which I will see. <laughs> yes, me too. There was that recent news um, that, that made everybody upset, which was they were remaking, or they're planning to remake The Bodyguard. <gasps> How dare they? Yeah. Can't you just leave good things alone? It's like trying to remake Clue. Leave it the fuck alone. And was- try new things yeah. like more female action movies. So I was watching this and I'm like, I feel like you could remake this. I think it would oh, be yeah. fun. Yeah. Like well, seeing like suburban mom, lost her memory, used to be a spy. Like, I think, I think you could really remake it and then actually like, you know, massage that second half. Yeah. But- um- to talk specifically about Samuel L. Jackson, he said this is his favorite movie of his to watch. Oh, he's he so is so, so good movie. in this movie. Oh my god! Yeah, and he just gets his ass beat constantly, I know. and he just keeps getting. Well, and originally in the original cut of the movie, he dies. Well, I'm glad you did. Horrible. And the test audience was like, "Don't, don't do that." Don't kill <laughs> him. Yeah. So they kind of reshot the ending with with him being able to be part of it. That's great. I, I loved him in this. And then I was like, so what was the director? The Rennie Harlan. Yeah. He directed Deep Blue Sea, which also has classic Samuel Jackson. So I was like, yes. Rennie <gasps> Is Harlan that about the, the underwater? The sharks. The sharks yes, with, with the, the sharks. In the... Yes. yes. I like that. So, so P.S. He, he thinks this is his best movie. Mm-hmm. But to talk about ch- chances in Hollywood, like after this, Gina Davis... Like after the one-two punch of this and, and Cutthroat Island not doing all, she didn't act in a film for a couple of years. She did Stuart Little, 
and then barely did much because she said the the roles I was getting offered as a 40 year old were not interesting or mm. or like complicated characters and to go to like Rennie Harlan who had two bombs in a row one of which is the biggest bomb of all time and then just a few years later getting Deep Blue Sea yeah and being like, mean- and and he's mm-hmm. worked consistently um no no disrespect to him but like he's getting lots of chances to, to, to kind of stay in the business. And Gina, an Academy Award winning actress who's beloved and has done so much for the industry is just like, hey, I'd like to continue working. Yeah. And the last thing I saw on her, she was in a couple episodes of that Netflix show, Glow. And she was so good. <gasps> so good. Rest in peace to Glow. I know, such a good series. What was that TV show where she was playing the president? The commander in chief. Okay, yeah. <laughs> which only lasted a season and got great ratings. And then um, I think dipped slightly, but she was, she said that when that was canceled, it took her a while to get over it because I mean, there was a lot of press behind it and she was Emmy nominated for it. And- yeah. I never, I didn't watch that. I'm bad with new TV, but uh, yeah, no, I kind of want to see. We're in a golden age of television. So it's hard. Oh, to I up. just got the best idea. I want to see a female version of the expendables. So I want to see like Gina Davis and Sigourney Weaver and Linda Hamilton and like all these amazing and Mila Jovovich and like all these amazing female like. And just because Jack A. Harry. Sure. Yes. Um, (laughs) But like I want to because they're they're true. It's, you know, as you get older, uh, you know, seeing seeing what roles there are for for women out there uh, and especially because they've had difficulty in the action genre. Oh man, I so want to see a female version of The Expendables so much. And like, oh, that would be so fun. I don't it think it'll ever get made. I know. Did y'all see Ocean's 8? I yeah. did. I thought it was delightful. I, I really it. enjoyed it. So it makes me think about like a successful male-focused franchise that went female. I wonder what other, other ones we could think of. But we're talking yeah. about stuff getting like remade and how boring that is. So... I think it's boring when you're doing a direct remake, okay. but I think if you're doing like a gender bent version of it or whatever type of thing like that in terms of remakes interests me, but not, not like a, I'm not going to do anything interesting with it or like a shot for shot remake. Like Speaking of gender bent remakes, did either of you see he's all that? Yes. Re- and it was fucking terrible. It, I, it, I didn't I didn't want to watch it because one I love the original so much and two I'm like this looks like garbage no the chick who stars in it is a fucking tiktok star oh, right, this right, makes right. me sound Addison, so old Addison Ray, yeah right but she's also this like super conservative tiktok star who like steals dances from black women and girls and then does them worse and on then she gets show. all of it yes. right like on the Today show and I'm like what there's this scene where she's like singing and dancing i'm like girl you suck like have you even seen christina or britney perform like put some fucking effort into Mm -hmm. it so it's telling me is that it's not just remakes uh it's not just remakes where you're putting you're highlighting like female characters in traditional male roles it's it's thinking about your story and your casting in a way that maybe the original did or did not do well, I mean, they're just capitalizing on on the, the fad of TikTok with that. I mean, oh sure, yeah. like she has a hundred million followers. Okay, we'll cast her. Yeah, because yeah. we will potentially have an audience of a hundred million. And I totally get it when you're thinking capitalism driven. I need the clicks. I need the views. Blah blah blah. But like, where's the fucking artistry, man? And, and then it's just 
sorry it's making me think like well what's the shit i'm watching like i've mentioned this repeatedly on our podcast i have been absorbing some very like low level not artistic extremely commercial stuff but i even feel like some commercial stuff is good like looking at he's all that versus she's all that and the production value like do y'all remember the prom scene in she's all that it was fucking amazing did they do the dance in that Yes, they do the they do the, they dance, do the right? choreographed dance or whatever. And then for he's all that, they do a choreographed dance. And like there's actually some pretty dance, but it's in a fucking high school gym. And I was like, I don't buy this. I'm not buying this at all. Like, where's where's the money you're putting into this? You're obviously not. It's a shame. I'm just I'm looking at uh what Shane uh Shane Black is working on next, speaking of action movies, because yeah. clearly he's he's known he's done a whole lot and he's doing a Doc Savage movie. What's that? What's that? Doc Savage is like a DC character, uh, so it's a, it sounds like a DC movie, um, and he's like this like big brawly like 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 army guy, and he punches a lot. It's interesting because of Shane Black's history uh, with like Lethal Weapon in this movie and like Predator and whatever. That's a good that's a good call. I'm you know what I do like about Shane Black is that he writes a lot of movies that take place at Christmas time. Oh, you know I love that. It really expands the the opportunity for Christmas movies. So this is hear, a Christmas movie. This actually is a Christmas. Hear, movie. Yes, hear, it is a Christmas movie. I hear Scotty Peace somewhere screaming that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. So it Scotty, is a Christmas movie. We love you. Well, this is more of a Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. I agree. She was Mrs. Fucking Claus. Yes. <laughs> what are your favorite Gina performances? Oh, A League of Your Own, far and away. It's the one I've seen the most. That's a good one. I do love her in Beetlejuice. Like, so oh, good. She's so, so wonderful. That. Literally watched that this week. God, see, that is a great fucking film. Oh, really good. There's artistry. That's hold up so well. Yes. Can you imagine that being made today? No. No, it no. would be so bad. I never want to have them remake it. Like Michael Keaton's performance in that, Alec Baldwin, fucking Winona Ryder. Oh my God. But she, her, her and Alec Baldwin in that are just playing off each other so well. Oh. Um, she's wonderful in that. I mean, you guys, you all haven't seen Thelma and Louise, but you no. should. It is an incredible film. Um, Who's the dad in Beetlejuice? The dad, uh, Jeffrey oh, Jones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then why am I blanking on the most amazing stepmom? Catherine O'Hara. Oh my God, Catherine O'Hara. I mean, she's just a goddamn gem. <sighs> Except you forgot her. Um- <laughs> I'm sorry. Team, we know I have memory issues. Like I should legit see a doctor. Yeah, it's just, so when I'm thinking about female action films and recognizing that for the last 10 years, we've, we're really in a golden age of television with so many streaming options. There's so many ways to get more content or art or film and stuff out there. I was trying to think about like, what, what if any, um, like female action led TV shows are there. And so I was thinking about Jessica Jones mm-hmm. and then didn't they do the Terminator as a TV show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's all I can think of so far. Alias. Oh, that's but right. That was mid aughts. Yeah. 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 What else is there? I mean, you had, you had uh, a lot of some Marvel stuff like agent as a shield or there was a Peggy mm-hmm. Carter TV show. I think <gasps> I really liked that. I really liked the actress who played her, but that also, I think that also speaks well, to like, so, I mean, Supergirl, but again, yeah. But it just speaks to that, like, there is potentially a gap in the industry and a spot that could be filled. But it's like people not believing, like, oh, well, you know, women won't watch it or men won't watch a thing helmed by a woman, right? But women mm-hmm. have to watch all these things. Some of it. And like, 
anything across like anything that isn't an all-white cast is like mm, well you know there's not enough of an audience it's like actually there fucking is and you're just not doing it well yeah absolutely female version of the expendables i also really liked helen mirren in uh ocean red oh right that was yeah. good I mean, just more helen mirren <laughs> yeah I mean, isn't yeah. she helen in some of the fast and the furious movies too uh, i've only seen the first one yeah, that whole genre, that whole series, I, I'm just like, eh, it's not for me. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I like the first one because it's basically point break, but uh, I haven't watched it anymore beyond that. And Paul Walker. Mm. Mm-hmm. One more. Rest in peace. Love you. Well, I guess we can wrap it up. So um, I'm guessing you guys will never want to watch this again. <laughs> probably, probably not. I mean, yeah, maybe. Okay, who, I, who can you guys say are, what? Who can say so what the enthusiastic. future holds? Yeah, who, who Hawk can say would watch it again. Holds? Uh, I probably would not seek it out on purpose. Like if okay. it was on, I would not immediately turn it off. Well, I would watch it again. I think it's fun, and I think <laughs> fellow gays will like it too. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, you bring up a really interesting point, and I think it's it's very much a generational difference. Like I know most of our listeners are around our age or like within, you know, however many years. But when you say that thing about like, if it's on, right? Like we're used to- Yeah, it's never gonna be on. Like you can turn a TV on. And now so much of it is, depending on, you know, certain whatever swaths, but it's like, no, you have to like seek things out. You have to make that decision. And it's almost a bummer because sometimes it was so fun to flip through the channels and be like, oh, I love this movie. Oh, it's at this part. One thing I'm hoping is, uh, so if anyone from Netflix is listening, please talk to your people about doing this. So Shudder right now has a thing when you turn it on, they just have a watch now and they just run movies whenever. And like you just turn Shudder on and it's playing a random movie maybe that you never heard of and you start watching it just like TV. So I kind of wish Netflix would do that because there's so much content on there. If they just have a like, now playing yeah. some random something from Netflix, maybe you'll start watching it. Yeah, Sling does that. Sling has a couple channels that, awesome. or even like Pluto TV, which is free, has tons of just like action film station, comedy, comedy movies. Yeah. Um, I feel like because, the only thing Netflix does with that is the, when you're on the screen, choosing between profiles and it yeah. says play something, but you have to elect to do it yeah. instead of, you know, when all the trailers are coming up. No, thank you. Yeah, there was always such a pleasure when we were younger. We're just finding things on TV. I feel like the only thing that's played now on TV is Double Wars Prada, Legally Blonde, and Mean Girls. Those are the only things that I see on TV when I I mean, those are delightful, but yeah, I want a little more choice. Right. And it's like, has nothing else come out in the past 14 years? (laughs) Oh, God. No. No. (laughs) No. Really? No. 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 Listen, those are um, female-led gems. Yes, and, uh, great. You know, but that also speaks to like, what channels are you on, right? VH1. <laughs> like, Bravo. so there you go. Because it's like, if you go to AMC or like TBS, do you remember TBS? I used to it's remember. still there. <laughs> Friday nights, maybe it was TBS. Friday nights, it was, um, it had a catch your name than dinner in a movie, but it was essentially, they would watch a movie and they would pair a recipe oh, with like it. Oh, I like that. And they Actually, did, it was called dinner in a movie. It was oh, called was it dinner in a movie. Okay, yes. it was just that base. That, they that would straightforward. I remember this. little commercial breaks. I love that. I that love that. I was the kid who I would stay home on Friday nights because I don't know. I just didn't do a lot of things. Uh, and I loved watching it. I love watching it. I would watch TGI 
Friday, you know, watch TGIF, love TGIF. Hey, remember that thing? I think it had a better name than dinner in a movie. Oh, no, no. it was no, called, it it was called, it was called Baby Geniuses, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the movie about babies who are geniuses. It was called Baby Geniuses. I like well, that they, I laugh at that and I don't yeah. just feel like a, like a, oh. Katie, is that how you feel when we say water and coffee? Because no, we really that, love that about that, you. It brings anger because then it makes me self-conscious of how I speak. Oh, I also love really that love you, y'all don't have anything remotely like that for me because I always speak perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Gina, BU alum. Thank um, you. All right, so uh, next week we are, well, not next week, two weeks from now. You're going to get it. I know, I'm so sorry. So sorry, because we are bi-weekly. Remember, y'all, we are going to close out. And this means every other week, not twice a week. Okay, yes. Wait, I know, I always mess up. Could you imagine doing this twice a week? (laughs) I mean, I would love to see y'all, but I just could not keep up. I would get sick of you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Maybe there's a reason why we are never all right. Yeah, like that's right. why our friendship has persevered right, for almost right. 20 years. We're going to uh, wrap up our BU alumni theme with the one and all. Actually, no, Ash- Ashley, you introduce who we're going to be talking about. Um, we're going to be watching an actress close to my heart um, just because she looks like me. Um, <laughs> or I like to think that I kind of look like her, right? Because um, there aren't that many uh, ginger actresses or natural ginger actresses so in two weeks we will be watching a film starring the amazing julianne moore love her so much love that we went to the same university i had toyed with the idea of picking shortcuts to try to show you guys that like i do have some like highbrow taste um Directed by Robert Altman, Raymond Carver, short stories. But it wasn't enough of a Julianne Moore vehicle. So instead, I'm bringing you back to my mainstream (laughs) roots um, and an area where Graham and I really connect. Ah. And we are going to be watching Nine Months. Yes! (laughs) Which was so fun. Mid-90s, Hugh Grant, Joan Cusack, Tom Arnold, what did you say? Jeff Goldblum. Like, oh my God. Robin is, Williams. Robin yes. Williams. Wow. Oh my God, that's right. It is going to be fun. We are going to enjoy ourselves. Katie's um, going to hate it. I know. No, Katie's I probably going to just I'm like getting it. a lot of like mixed nuts vibe right now, mm. but I, oh I, my God. Not, I know nothing about this. Hugh Grant, so- Hugh Grant right, right after the prostitution scandal. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Still with the long hair, Hugh Grant. A little floppy um, hair. It is a California-based movie. So instead of LA in your hometown, Katie, it is San Francisco, Woo! Graham's hometown. Yes. And the hometown I wish I had lived in at one point, but now it's too expensive. Girl, you, so. we have an extra room. Come. <laughs> Thank you. I will as much as I can. Um, I do have one request for next week. In two weeks, rather. Uh, we all have to be prepared to sing the BU fight song. Oh, I have to look it up and then I have to listen to it and then I'll have to I never have I never went to a hockey we game when I was there. We have to close out our BU theme with actually talking doing some talking BU about BU. Trivia. You're probably right. We should. That's a good idea. We'll talk I can, about some BU stuff. Yeah, I was going to say I'm like I don't like I out of all of us, I actually had hockey season tickets um because if you don't know, um BU football was undefeated since 1997 because that's when we stopped having a football team. Yeah. Um and I feel like in some ways we weren't a 
typical university in that way. Like, I don't feel like BU was super sports heavy. Like hockey was huge, but like, we didn't have a football team. We're, it was still a D1 school, but. I left, I left the one and only hockey game that I went to for 15 minutes because I was like, y'all are loud. Yeah, this is not, fun. I was like, this is not worth my energy. <laughs> you get to curse and you get to yell, no matter who we are playing, you get to say, uh, BC sucks. That's um, true. Go BU. And then when um, we would score, we would point at our goalie and we would say goalie. And then we point to the other one and say, Siv, goalie, Siv. And that's how you knew we were a high class university because we didn't say colander. We said Siv. What's a Siv? It's the, like it's a colander. It's, it's, it's like a little fancy name for a colander. Why like, did you call a goalie a Siv? Because, a, because they, the, they the puck the got puck through. through. Like it a doesn't go through, it just goes into the yeah, it went past it goes the goalie. Past the goalie. The goalie's supposed to be the stop, and then they were oh, a sieve. Oh, I thought you through. were like the goal, like the netting was like a sieve. <laughs> no, no, no. We are disrespecting In my the defense. <laughs> <laughs> now I remember I just remember the song, but I know yeah, I never went to uh never went to a hockey. I don't think I, I ever went out. to a sports game. I don't think we... I missed out, Ashley. What no, yeah. oh, it I was, was very fun. pleased with what I did. And for a short while, the Women's Professional Soccer League played at Nickerson Field when we were freshmen. Oh, you know okay. I played soccer. <laughs> Am like- I the most sportsy out of all of us? Yes. For, for this, probably. Okay. Look at me leading the pack. And Look at me go. Even leading though I was that, never that, that leading good. That, leading that pack of one. <laughs> <laughs> sprats. Leading the Sprats pack. Leading the pack of one. <laughs> Well, we are going to have fun next week. Yes. I'm going to yes. pull up some trivia. Two weeks. Two weeks. I'm sorry. In two weeks. Yo. It is so hard Next time. We should need to just train our next time. Say next time. We'll get next it. Time. Next, next time. Next time. We'll get there. You got, y'all love us for our, our uh, what is this, foibles? Yeah. Yes. Obsessed. Thank you. No. Y'all. See, I, I have a university level yeah. uh, vocabulary. Y'all, thanks so much for listening. Thank you. Please follow us on Let Me Enter You Pod on Instagram. Our Twitter is defunct, right, Ashley? No, I was actually. I'm in, I'm mentally doing better at Twitter. I'm checking it more often, but I haven't tweeted anything yet. So okay, yeah, so I will get mentally versus the actual act of writing. It's a not defunct. It's it's still there. It's just it's, it's still there. It's let me intro you. Oh my god! I think. Ashley. <laughs> Look it up. I have like seven Twitter. Maybe the handles, person with okay? the memory issue shouldn't be running our Twitter. <laughs> I know. I am free to. Ha- Maybe the person with a memory issue who's also in graduate school and doing oh, yeah. this pod should not be yeah, running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a you good our Twitter handle, right? Though, let me intro you. There we go. See, I've been managing it. We've been getting a lot of weird tweet suggestions, and I'm like, show less often. Anyways, y'all. So excited to see you next week. Thank yes. you. Thanks next for time. Next time. Next time. Motherfucker. Next right, time. Bye. Smash that subscribe button. Tell your friends. Love you. Bye. bye. Let me introduce you as a podcast hosted by Graham Veth, Katie Kubert, and Ashley Crone. Music by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License. Make sure to follow the Let Me Introduce You podcast on Instagram at Let Me Intro You Pod and on Twitter at Let Me Intro You.